When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I think a new team has arrived in the AFC West and their name is the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. Stops, launches deep. This is the Shock Therapy Podcast brought to you by the Say It Again Network. We got some special guests here. We got our guy, Gabby. Uh, Zach, as always, is my co-host. How you doing, Gabby? You know, I'm living the dream, man. Having a good time. Just happy to be here. So for anybody who's kind of wondering who this guy is, he's not that important, but he is a friend of mine, somebody I used to work with back at when I was a financial advisor. He's now living in uh, dangerous territories up in Kansas City, but he's a Charger fan. Let's Tell me a little bit about your fandom and uh, just kind of how you became a fan of the Chargers. Look, I was born and raised in San Diego. I got to really enjoy good football. Um, you know, growing up, one of my first games I got to watch was a USC game. And I was just nothing to do, but it was Reggie Bush. And that's when I, like, my parents are, you know, they're they're from overseas, so they didn't know what football was. It was something that was on TV. They weren't like, hey, come watch the game with us. So I had to grow it on my own. Um, so, you know, that was one of the first times I watched. But I remember always, like, watching the Chargers games. And, like, you know, LT was just running. And then it was wild watching. We had Breeze, and then we had Gates, and then we had Rivers. And all these players started coming together, and it was like, wow, this is a great – this is fun to watch. And then you learn, like, the history. Like, there's Junior Seau, who's from San Diego. That makes it cooler. Like legends are coming from the city and we have a great team. And at the time we did. And it was fun, you know, just watching that over and over again. And then I just grew more into being a Chargers fan. And, you know, my best friends are Chargers fans. So we all grew up watching the games on Sundays at his dad's house and barbecuing, eating food, just having fun. Well, that's Good awesome, time. man. Uh, your your Twitter is Flabby Gabby. Flabby Jabby Gabby. Yeah. <laughs> I used to get called Flappy a lot. I was bigger and then 
it just it rhymed and I never changed it. <laughs> yeah, I got you. You played football in high school, right? Yeah, no, football was my main sport. I loved football. So what position you play? I'm just curious. Uh, senior year I played left tackle and DN and then junior year I played tight end and DN. Well, I'm glad to have you on. And you said San Diego. What part of San Diego did you grow up? Uh, I was born in Claremont, but I was raised in Mira Mesa. I got to Mira Mesa was okay. where I'm from. So high what? School. You said what high school? Uh, Mira Mesa High School. Mira Mesa. Okay. We were actually, I think we were the last team, sadly we lost, but to got to play on uh, Qualcomm Stadium, last high school team. Fun. We played for the CIF title my senior year and us first Vista High School, and we were the last team to ever play. We were the last game because we were the, the biggest one, and we were the last team to play on Qualcomm as a high school. Well, Claremont's a little hub, too, of, of football players. Did you play Pop Warner at all? Uh, No, I didn't play any Pop Warner. And not Just until I got to straight to high school. When, when I got to Mira Mesa, I played Pop Warner. So I left Mira Mesa at like, like eight years old, or Claremont at eight years old. So Mira Mesa is really where I grew up. But Mira Mesa has all of the gangsters. I mean, um, Damian Williams, the running back for the Chiefs, that you know should have won MVP that year. He's from Mira Mesa High School. You have Ricky Seals. You have uh, Tony Jefferson. There's a list of just. Football. It's a hotbed for sure. We have a lot of good football players actually. All of Southern California really is though. I mean, you take Absolutely. a look at San Diego's got a lot of players, but just all Southern California yeah. from LA down is just it's a, a hub for yeah. players. Another fun fact is Michael Pittman, senior, went to my high school. Fun fact. He went back for me, right? So, and then so did Nate Chandler, who's also in the NFL. So played for the Panthers when they went to the Super Bowl. So we have a good hub down there. Well, and Reggie Bush went to Helix. Like yeah. there's Alex, a lot of good. Alex Smith was his quarterback. Yeah, that was a good team. That's a pretty a good, good duo players. in high school. Well, let's right. get into this Jaguars game. There's a lot that ended up happening. I mean, first kind of thing you got to talk about is all the injuries that are just piling up. Some like really scary ones, losing Rayshon Slater, uh, Joey Bosa just went on IR, Jalen Guyton tore his ACL. You got other guys who are, are just kind of still banged up. Uh, looking across the Chargers injury report, I guess we'll get into it a little bit more later, but uh, Keenan Allen is returning to practice. Justin Herbert still has a rib injury. Uh, J.C. Jacks is expected to come back and start practicing as well as Corey Lindsley and Donald Parham. But then you lose those guys to IR. I'm really interested, and we'll get into this a little bit more later, but Jamari Salyer is going to be playing left tackle for the Chargers in week four. I think that's something everybody can get behind. Everybody wants to see Jamari Salyer and see what he's got going. But the game in itself, I mean, the injuries to score uh, – really like our superstar players they're like across the board all over this place uh it's a little nerve-wracking i I don't know what are your thoughts on it zach um is this do we have enough injuries to kind of overcome at least in the short term what do you mean i'm I'm sorry i don't i don't really follow the question just like the injuries like do you think how concerned are you with all of these injuries that are piling up and kind of where is it going to where is it going to go from here? I mean, are, is it? can we fight back from this? I mean, there's some key players. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, um, yeah, it, it's it's demoralizing, right? Um, and I think you saw it in the, in the players, just one guy after another, and we weren't 100% healthy going in. So that obviously takes a toll. Um, but that's why you build a complete roster. We've been talking about it all offseason. We need a complete team. I thought we had a third of a team last year. We had a really good offense. You got to build a a full roster. Things like this 
happen. It's a long season. We have an extra game now, 17 game regular season. Things like this happen. It's kind of comes with the territory. It's unfortunate. Obviously, you want everyone to be 100% healthy all the time. It's just not the reality. And so it's tough. It hurts. I think at the end of the day, you got to, you know, take a, a step back and, and realize where we're, where we're at. For the first time in like 10 years, we have a legit chance to win a, a division title. The Chiefs are human. They're the most beatable that they've ever been in the last 10 years. Broncos, I think me and you, Tyler, were talking about it a lot. There's so much new. They're going to be going through some growing pains. I think you're seeing it now until they get it all together. I'm not scared of them. The Raiders are 0-3. I think they're a much more talented team than their record suggests. But still, at worst, the end of the day. Worst record in the NFL, though. Let's... They're 0-3. So, right, you, you got to – we could talk about it all we want, but you got to go out there, execute, play fourth quarters, which I don't think we've done yet. I think the doom and gloom season's over. Let's tank for Bryce Perkins. That's for weak fan bases. We got something to rally around. It is wide open. There's a lot more football yet to be played. And I think there's enough talent in-house to get it done to make a playoff run. We just got to start clicking because right now I think we've had I'll, – I'll give us three good quarters. I think the first three quarters of the Raiders games were really good. And since then, I don't recognize this Charger team. There's a lot of just unfamiliarity. I don't recognize these guys right now. Well, there's nothing better than getting blown out and having something to play for to kind of have that self-check, that realization that maybe we're we're really good on paper, but we still got to come together as a team. But getting Absolutely. beat down 38-10 by the Jaguars, who never, ever do that to anybody, it's kind of like a gut-wrenching, like a, you know, a, a kick in the stomach and kind of knock the air out and uh, let you deflate a little bit, come back down to reality. Gabby, kind of what did you see from the game? I mean, I'm, I'm, I know you watched it. And what is it that kind of like led to this just downfall that the, the Chargers really saw on uh, Sunday? I per, I mean, uh, we don't know what these players deal with on a daily basis. Like, it could be other issues that could have been all combined. But I think they were a lot of it showed deflation from the Chiefs' loss. And I hate mm-hmm. to say it, you know, but then, you, you know, usually – you lose on a, on a Sunday and you have your regular week. They lost on a Thursday and have all this extra time to just like ponder. Like it was either going to be, we're going to come out and whip their butts or they were going to come out and flat. And they all just, pon- I feel like it looked like they pondered it for so long. Nobody came out with effort. I mean, yeah, you know, our main guys did their thing, you know, Joey and all those guys playing when they were playing, they were playing hard, but it just seemed so dead offense. I told my, my buddy was over watching the game with me. I said, like after the first, two or three drives, I was like, this is going to be a slow and painful death. We're going to lose this game because we can't do anything. We, you know, it showed on every aspect of football. We couldn't run. We couldn't pass. You know, we tr- we start running. We get some yards and we switch to a full pass game. And on defense, we get a stop, stop, third down, stop, stop, third down. Watch Trevor Lawrence dice us up. And then on, spe- you know, special teams played their part, but it's it was just deflated. It was embarrassing. I was bored. I was like, there's nothing that wants me to watch. My buddy was like, why don't you just turn it off? I was like, I can't. I was bored I have too. To watch this, but I was just bored. I would have rather just play video games or watch TV. I mean, it's one of those games like you come out out the gate with two four and outs on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, that right there is leading up to a really slow game. It didn't get any better. Uh, the Chargers ran 12 times for 26 yards. Like, that is atrocious. 
nothing getting going on the ground game. And I think this is going to be a good week to kind of pick that back up. But the Chargers run game has been absolutely atrocious. Sony Michelle, five carries, 22 yards. Austin Eckler, four carries, five yards. Justin Herbert had a scramble for seven yards, and that was a high of the day. Uh, I mean, even Joshua Kelly and DeAndre Carter, the only other two players that picked up any carries, both went for negative yards. Two two rushes minus eight yards. <laughs> what <laughs> what is going on here? And it's it's terrible to see because we need it's it's part of the reason why our offense is lacking so much is there is no threat on the ground at all, even getting behind kind of quickly. And then I was talking uh, on Twitter, like I uh, I posted a ton of videos of just play after play after play. And the Chargers got pressed and man, like a lot, like they played, the Jaguars played a lot of man coverage. The Chargers had no answer for it because they run so many of these spacing concepts. Uh, Zach with the play calling and that becoming an issue for a third week in a row, like what, what's got to give here? Like what, what is the answer to kind of fixing these struggles with the offensive play calling? Cause people are already calling for jobs. I mean, fan base, it hurt. They're angry and they, they want change. Well, and that's my, my, my biggest problem I think with the play calling is at, at the first two weeks um, we scored first drive. That opening drive is, has been, a staple of the Lombardi era, if you will. Uh, that first drive, we look really good most of the time. Um, and then it kind of just tails off. And so it seems to me that the halftime adjust, Lombardi does not make any type of in-game adjustments at all. He rocks in with a game plan, and it kind of works or at first. And then you kind of tail it off, and that's why we've been completely blown out in the fourth quarter this year, because he doesn't change anything. One, as the game goes on, like you, the defense shows you, they, they give you little glimpses of how you can beat them. And Lombardi's just blind to it. So I feel like maybe it's just young, you know, immaturity from a, you know, a coordinator standpoint, there needs to be some evolution in his game. Cause I think the initial game plan, it makes sense, but there's no adaption. Like when the defense comes out and gives us different looks that we're not expecting, I'm talking about the Ravens. I'm talking about the, the Patriots last year. There's just no adjustment, and he continues to do the same thing. It's like that, you know, it, it doesn't work. So there needs to be some type of, you know, adjustment in, in game because not everything you you write out game planning going into it is going to work. And sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. There needs to be some adaption, and I just don't see that from him right now. You know, you're right because, you know, you watch this. I, I sit here and I go to my friend's house, watch a Chiefs game with them before our game starts. And- you watch Andy Reid call his plays. He is trying to kill you. He is trying to end your life as a coach. And the same goes for the Bills, you know, the wherever Tom Brady's at. They want to ruin your day. Mm-hmm. And as a Chargers fan, like as a Chiefs, watching the Chiefs fans, if they're losing by 25, they are still like, I know we're going to play football. We could be up by 25, and I hate it that I have to say it, but I am so nervous up by 25 no matter what. <laughs> Like I'm sitting, I'm still. They're like the Chargers want to play close games. Right? Yeah. yeah. I'm more comfortable down six. I'm sitting there rocking. Like something's gonna happen. I'm gonna get a buzz on my phone. Like I'm. Something's gonna happen. I'm not paying attention. And boom, pick six, and then there goes. Or now we're losing by ten somehow. Yeah. Because we run the clock out for with twelve minutes in the second quarter. 
over the last couple of years, like how fast have we gotten out to a 21 point lead an 18 point lead? And all of a sudden it's a one score game. It's, it's a one score game. It's a field goal. It's a, and it's, I mean, that has been the death of the chargers since like 2015. I can't think of how many times the chargers have gotten out to these big leads and just given it back. It, it, and, it's, it's, it's weak. Well, it's no matter what, it's just no matter what team it is either. Like last year we did it. How many times should we like truly should have won? I think it was out. five games and we're up by at least 18, something like that. And now we're just not throwing it and then just run the ball, like run, 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 punt, punt, and then lose. It's, I think as older fans, like the new fans are the ones calling out for the head because that's what Twitter does. Twitter joins with each other because they don't they haven't seen what real fans have seen. Sure. We saw the firing of Marty Schottenheimer after going 14 and 2. The greatest <sighs> like team I've ever I literally sat there and cried that day. Like a grown kid. <laughs> You're gonna make me cry now. Like <laughs> kid, I, there's times I would go back and just watch just that season. Just highlights of that season. It was so beautiful. And then to fire and then it watched. I think that's when they cursed us because it's been a steady downfall ever since that day. It has. We went to the AFC Championship the next year, but like ever since then, it's it's been the same stuff. Injuries. No one's ever hit. No, you know, get a great player. Cool, he's hurt. Or get a good season going. Boom, something happens. We're fourteen. We are should be fourteen and two. We're two and fourteen. At this point, I think as an organization, we're too nice. And we need to get this killer back in us where we are just comfortable burying guys, burying teams, because we get out to this lead and then it's just like it's like our, our sportsman comes out and it's like, well, maybe we'll let them get like a sympathy touchdown and make them feel better about themselves. No, no participation trophies. I want to start burying teams because we have the potential and we get out to these leads, burying them. We have the defense to do it. Absolutely. Because those guys, you know, the first half, every game, those guys, Derwin's everywhere. Bosa and Mac everywhere. Dr- Tranquil looks. He looks good. Like a, he looks really good. Yeah. Like Top tier tight end or a linebacker right now. The man's covering tight ends like he should have. He's covering the middle of that field. He's playing good football. But then you know we we get that lead at half, and then all of a sudden let's run the ball. Defense is back on the field. Let's run the ball. Defense is back on the field. Now our guys are tired because. In that interview today, Derwin, they played 40 snaps in the first half. He was like, oh, we don't care. But you know you're tired. 40 snaps. It does. It hurts. It hurts the team when the offense can't sustain long drives, which is actually kind of what I want to talk about next. So with Keenan Allen out of the lineup, I mean, he's your man beater. He's the he's the guy that forces teams away from playing man. And they have really missed him the last two and a half weeks. Yeah because they haven't had that guy to, to kind of force teams back into some sort of zone coverage because that's that's your go-to guy when, when it's man, right? No, there is no route runner like there is Keenan Allen. I mean, he totally changes the play calling by Joe Lombardi. Yeah. Oh, he would have ate that man up last week. There's no one on that team that would have covered him one-on-one. No, exactly. And I, it, he's really missed. And the player who's replaced him, DeAndre Carter, has played very well. Absolutely. Uh, and he is a good route runner, but he's not the same third-down target type of guy. He's playing his position. DC's playing and, what he can do, and that's what's great. But and then good. it frees up Mike Williams also, right? So the the defense, the, the Jaguars, what they did last week is they shaded coverage. They played man, and they shaded coverage over to Mike Williams. 
and made Gerald Everett and uh, DeAndre Carter kind of get those additional targets. Between the two of them, they had 10 targets between DeAndre Carter and Gerald Everett for 50, 56 yards. So it's like it just wasn't working. Like that, it was just they had five receptions on 10 targets for 53 yards. Josh Palmer came alive. Josh Palmer had probably one of his best games as as a, a pro, six receptions, 99 yards, but also not a man beater, right? So mm-hmm. you're looking at guys. I mean, Mike Williams had six targets, one reception <laughs> for a touchdown, but one reception. So not having Keenan Allen in your lineup totally changes the entire play calling by Joe Lombardi. And then you're looking at like pressures and things of like that nature. Doesn't really matter if you can't get your guys open because nobody was getting open against man coverage. There was you don't have man beaters. There was times Herbert had time. There were some times that Herbert had time to sit in that pocket and he did. And Justin Herbert missed some throws himself. He did. He had a he did not have a great game. Taking a look across his stats, 25 for 45, almost 300 yards. But how much of that 20 incompletions? That has to, I, I. and I, you'd have to. We'd have to go back and look to see how many of those incompletions are misses. Sure, a few in there. There's Probably. definitely a few in there, and Probably most wrong. of his uh, a quarter of his yardage was a bomb to Jalen Guyton. Yeah, fifty four yards on on one play. So if you're really looking at it, completing fifty percent of his passes for, you know, two hundred and fifty yards. That's that's not great, especially when you're throwing the ball forty five times because you're down. 30 points at, you know, in the third and fourth quarter. And it just wasn't working for them. They just can't get things going on the offensive side of the ball. There's no threat to the run game. And it's really like, I'm really interested to see how play calling changes Keenan Allen back in the lineup. Cause you said it yourself, chargers were rolling for through the first three quarters of the first game. And then it really died off as soon as Keenan Allen got injured. And that's, that that's interesting. Cause I didn't even put that together, but at, Three, those were three quarters. We look good. Yeah, I was so excited. I was, I was like, "This is Island. a football team." I've been waiting my whole life for it, and then the injury bug hit us. So, beyond just that, you where do you guard the the Chargers right now? There's really only one thing we can do. You can't we can't really beat you up top. We have guys who can get deep, but it takes some time to get downfield. The run game's unexistent. We have we're to really we play middle game and pray our defense helps us. Well, it's short to medium, and when you have just those two things, that makes it so easy for a de- yeah. like. And you see how they're playing us. Safeties are what fifteen yards off the ball. That's disrespectful. That's disrespectful. You know we're not going to go deep. They know it. They know, and they don't trust the run. We need to instill some fear in some defenses, and uh, Keenan Allen's going to help with that. You know, instrument. He's going to be instrumental to to this this breakthrough that I think we're going to see. But we just need a play some better football man um beyond the injuries i think the biggest thing that stood out to me the the thing that i'm worried about is is the effort that gabby was talking about the the lack of it because that's hit us last year too where we just didn't feel like playing and we get beat or we don't feel like starting a game and then we'll play two strong quarters to close out the game like playing a good football team playing a playoff team that's just not a good recipe you need to come out strong you need to finish strong uh, the, the the effort is kind of what kind what what bothers me and, and what worries me the most yeah. about this team right now. When and I- you know, also I would say like our fourth down 
like decision making. I mean, we came out with we had an identity last year. Yeah. And I think fans got super pissed at all the fourth downs that we went to go and we converted a lot of them. But we had an identity last year. And I think you guys scared Staley out of being that guy. And it seems like we're flipping opposites right now because last year we put fear in people like we're gonna go for it on fourth down and we're gonna get it. But mm-hmm. our defense wasn't there to always help us. Yeah, and yeah. now we have this defense that, look, we've got your back if you don't make this fourth down. I want to see that come back. I want to see the aggressiveness, the the aggressive play calling, and the gotta-have a moments. And there was times, I mean, we were down 25 points at one point, still punting the ball. Like, what are we doing, you guys? Like, do we want to try to go win this game? Where's our identity at? And then defensively, go ahead, Gabby. He trusted his defense. Last with one of the worst defense in the league last year, you trusted because you, you shows when you go for it on fourth down a lot that not, not only do you have big ball and just go for it, you trust your defense to back you up if you get if you if you don't make it. Yeah, and I think so that's what we're missing right now. Going on to the defensive side of the ball, Chargers gave up a lot of ga- yards on the ground, not nearly as bad as they were last season, but I mean, 17 carries for James Robinson, 100 yards, 13 carries for 45. For Travis Etienne, 3.5 yards per carry. Overall, they gave up 151 yards on the ground. Granted, 50 of those yards was on one big play. So you're really averaging less than, you know, four yards per carry if you don't give up the big play. But I think that you're losing Joey Bosa, right? I think that uh, Kenneth Murray went out for a portion of that game as well. Kenneth Murray looks way better than he did last season. Kenneth Murray looks awesome. But I think that we need to really corral in the run game, and we're going up against a Texans uh, running back. uh, uh, What's his name? Pierce. Uh, Harris. Harris? No, Damian Harris. Damian Pierce. Pierce, not Harris. Damian Pierce looks good, you guys. Like, I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch him at all. He is a strong, hard runner. He's, He's hungry. And we need to, to corral that. And you're talking about a revenge game coming up against the Texans. We got our revenge against the Raiders. I mean, this is a bounce back week for sure as well. But we got to corral the running game because I'm not afraid of Davis Mills by any stretch of the imagination. Pierce is nice. And then you got to talk about the Charger killer who he was last year. Rex Burkhead torched yep. us for like 150 yards. Oh, yeah. So they and, and that's what they want to do. They want to run the football. And I think consistently, I think we've gotten better but we're still susceptible to the big play. Um, and and those are just – those are killers. It really only takes one big run to have a successful game uh, on the ground. It does. And like you said, like James Robinson, 50 yards on one play. I mean, that was a huge play. That's really it what changed draining. the tide of the game. Yeah, I, I, yeah. You could see it just so deflating. Uh, it just, took a lot out of us. You straight turn it around. Look at how it started was our offense wasn't getting off the field. We got our defense on the field for their 65th play. You could say all you want. Like, yes, it's not okay to give up that many yards. But look at I'm looking at the stats right now against the Raiders. I know we didn't give up that many rushing yards. We gave up 64 rushing yards against the Raiders. Why? Because our offense was on the field the whole time. I so, mean, the Jaguars had 75 total plays on yeah. offense. You want to look at the defense, defense was gassed. Our defense did so well against the Raiders and the Chiefs because they got off because our offense was playing football. Yes, we gave up that one. You can go look at the Chargers, uh, the uh, 
the Chiefs running, you know, running back stats. They had a lot because they had that one big run by Clyde. But besides that's all that, it takes, though. We, but yeah, same thing that, with the Jaguars. That, one play. We hold that whole that whole team down because our offense is on the field. The one game our offense is on the field makes our defense look like trash because they are literally playing cat and mouse for 45 minutes of that game. I mean, you look at if any offense is running 75 plays, you should expect them to score 38 points, yeah, right. right? Like if you look at it overall, the Chargers' defense did not play bad. They did not give up many big plays. I yeah. think overall they kind of limited things as much as they could, but when you let a any team get in in 75 plays like on offense. I mean, that was a slow death. That wasn't a fast death. What was ours on offense? 58. But you think about half of those. I mean, Justin Herbert threw a total of 45 total passes. Why? And half of those Why? were incomplete, and that stops the clock. Why? Right. So, like, Why even keep you? Might as well just stop. Just take him out. Nah, he's, I know, he I know. needs to play. Like, he needs to learn it's from these hard. these hard games. He needs he needs to play through these, even though he's injured. We talked about all that last week with the rib blocks and everything like that. But that 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 was a slow death. That was it those was drives hard, that the man. Jaguars were running were long drives. Exactly, and it was it reminded me of hundred percent like last year's Houston game. I remember turning that game on and not wanting to watch it because it was just so slow. Nothing was happening. Both three and out, three and out, and all of a sudden Texans start taking off, and we can't throw a touchdown. Yeah, we can't throw a pass. We have uh, Cook looking the other way. And that was Jerry Cook. Is, yeah, yeah. That's I, I remember looking at that like I just told my buddy like let's go. Why you got to bring up old shit for? Yeah, it hurts. <laughs> you have to because I'm tired of it because it's the same stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Improvements. We make these improvements every single year. We make these improvements. And it's the same way every year. The same way we lose is it's it's always we get hurt, we get up by forty, and we lose by ten. I don't. It's just it's it's just annoying. I think like I want to talk crap to all these people here, but we are doing the same thing every single year. We are. Yeah. Let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the Texans. You got any closing remarks on this Jaguars game? Just one, just one thing for our, our listeners. If you continue, you're gonna see three grown men cry on this podcast. It's it, it's. Tune it. We're all going to cry at one point. I think we just need to let it out. <laughs> just to run it back to what I was saying, Chiefs had 93 rushing yards in that game. That was off so, one run was majority of it. So going across the uh, – this is Jaguars. This is not the, uh, the Houston. Houston's banged up right now too. Um, we can talk about it in a little bit when I get a chance to come back and look at it. But Houston last year embarrassed us. Oh. And I kind of want to ask you, Zach, kind of what are you looking for out of this game and, and what outside of a win will make this a successful game overall? Yeah, um, I'm not looking at the Texans. I'm looking 100% in the Chargers locker room. This is an internal game. I, I need to see – we're talking about bringing, building a championship team. That starts in the center of your chest. That starts with the heart. So I need to see – I need to see some battle from my guys. I want to see that they – are embarrassed for the last, you know, six quarters that they played because I am, um, I don't like what I've seen. So for me, it's really a, a heart check. Who are we? Are, are, are we a, a team of football players? Or are we got a bunch of guys who get paid to play football? So um, that's where I'm at. I want to see some football players go out and make some football plays. Cause I think we have a, a lot of them in house. I think we still have a very talented roster. 
um, just underperforming across the board. So more than looking across the, the, the field, looking at the Texans, I respect them. I do. For me, it, it's 100% us. We, we are the biggest, um, what is it? The biggest deterrent right now it, it is us in-house, the team itself. Um, I'm not really worried about the opponents because we played the Chiefs to the wire. Yes. We we beat the, the Raiders, who I think are a good team, better than 0-3. We did not play football um, at all against the Jaguars. So I, I just... I want to see some guys trying to make a statement and trying to build back. Um, I don't know. I I want them to prove that they're embarrassed because I just don't understand. Um, I, I'm kind of rambling right now, but that's kind of where I'm at. I'm not really worried about the Texans. I'm well, kind of Brandon more worried Staley about always, yeah, That's actually, I can bounce off that. So Brandon Staley did say that he's not worried about other teams. He's worried about us, right? Like, yeah. What other teams are doing, what other teams are saying is irrelevant because this is a team. And well, he's kind of always like, you know, play your own best football. Don't worry about, you know, the, the matchups that people are talking about, wanting to see. Don't, you know, worry about us. Let's make sure we focus on us, ourselves, all in, all of that. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like a key, key, like challenge yourself, right? Like, yeah, you're going to play good players across the NFL week after week after week, even – even the Texans, who I think have probably one of the worst rosters in the NFL, can beat you. Yeah, like they do. Uh, they, yeah, they, they can beat you. And I know that or they tie. have a – Or tie. They don't have a win. But we, <laughs> they might tie us. And I do not like ties. No. And then you look at across their roster, Davis Mills, Damian Pierce, who's a rookie. Uh, Brandon Cooks is, is the guy that they're throwing 12 to 15 targets a game. Yeah. But they're number two and number three. Nico Collins was like a fourth-round pick. I have no idea who Chris Moore is. Philip Dorsett's a cast off, been a cast off for a while. Uh, John Mechie has the cancer thing. He's not playing at all this season. Uh, I, I really do like Brevin Jordan, but he's listed as their number two tight end. Uh, Barrel Brown. He didn't practice today either. He didn't practice today either. Yeah. Laramie Tunsil is like a, a quality offensive tackle, but you look across the, the rest of that offensive line, Kenyon Green playing okay for, you know, a first round draft pick at guard, Scott Quisenberry. Uh, we think he's kind of a quality backup, maybe not a quality starter. A.J. Kane, who played with the Jaguars last season on a horrendous run, run, running game, like A.J. Kane's not the answer. Titus Howard has been – people have been making him look silly for a long time. Then going across the defense, uh, Jonathan Grinnard and Jerry Hughes. Jerry Hughes is an old man now. Uh, Millie Collins is a good player. Roy Lopez is kind of a – as a six-round draft pick. I guess playing much better than his kind of draft slot, but he's not somebody I'm afraid of. Uh, Christian Kirksey has been a castaway from multiple teams now. Uh, Kamu Grieger Hill at linebacker with Blake Cushman. I mean, outside of Derek Stingley, they got a lot of like high draft picks for, you know, just being a bad team. This is not a good team. I mean, Stingley, you've got Laramie Tunsil and you've got Brandon Cooks and that's basically their team. In a nutshell, they are not a great team roster-wise. I mean, that whole organization is in dysfunction. There's no reason we don't do what the Jaguars did to us this week, especially because this is the game that kicked us out of playoffs last year. This was it. This is why we didn't make playoffs as this team last year. And I well, think that they're yeah. worse. I think and two and two. Go ahead, Gabby. Go, no, ahead. go ahead. I'm just going to say two and two doable. One and three is a whole. Yeah. That 
it's huge. And that and like we don't have the hardest schedule coming up. I don't want to say every team's good. Every team's the NFL. We don't have the hardest schedule coming up. We have to take advantage of it. And you have to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Yeah. You got. And I think well, going back to what we talked about earlier, this is effort. You know, with the loss, it was effort, and I think with a win, it's going to be effort. They just have to have the like. They come out with the the right effort that that Raiders game that Chiefs game effort. We're gonna blow them out. They yeah. They don't have a team that can stop us. And they're just they're as not healthy as we are. Well, they're. Worse. I mean, looking across their uh, injury report, Blake Cashman was limited in practice. Malik Collins didn't practice. Brandon Cooks didn't practice. Uh, they've got Jerry Hughes didn't practice. Brevin Jordan didn't practice. Damian Pierce is limited. Popped up on the injury report with a hip injury. I mean, this team is not at full health. They don't have superstars. Like Sheath underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture-wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. Now, the most unique thing about sheath underwear is that they have these dual pouches that keep your man parts separated, which prevents things from sticking together, keeps them right where they need to be. They'll be the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs you've ever won in your life. Plus, they have brand new materials like bamboo and mesh for even more cooling comfort. Go to sheathunderwear.com and get the most comfortable underwear you've ever worn. And if you use promo code IHEART, you'll also get 20% off your order. That's sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART. They don't have them. They got young guys who are hungry, who that's dangerous, but they are lacking stars. We still have more stars with all of the injuries across our, our team right now. We don't need to do anything crazy. We just need to play football. We have a better team. You know, you look, you go one by one. Not one player on their team is better than ours. Besides left tackle at this point, because we don't have Rachel. And I'm actually really, really excited. I want to touch on that here toward the end, but I'm actually really excited to see that come to play. And I'll talk to you guys about why. Uh, But Navis Mills is completing 57% of his passes through three games. Uh, Damian Pierce averaging four yards a carry. Uh, He's got one big play that he's credited with. He's got one touchdown. Uh, Rex Burkhead has... 49 yards on 17 carries. So the go-to guy there is Damian Pierce. Receiving Brandon Cooks is their, their biggest threat. 13 receptions, 158 yards with a bad quarterback throwing his way. Nico Collins has catches. only has 13 catches on 29 targets. It's Think about that. That's He's getting targeted crazy. like a monster. Almost 30 targets, but completing less than 50% of the passes thrown his way. That's embarrassing. We need to take advantage of the um, Stingley because Stingley goes, Stingley covers man, Stingley will travel. So if we have Keenan coming back, we have to take advantage of that. Let him travel with Keenan. And Mike has to, he has to have that game. Actually, that's a matchup I wanted to talk about. So I don't think that Stingley's going to to travel with Keenan Allen. (laughs) What I'm looking forward to, uh, they have a a cornerback on their roster by the name of Desmond King, who plays primarily in the slot. Mm. And we got Keenan Allen, who plays in the slot. A lot of fans do not like Desmond King after the way that he ended up leaving. 
talking trash about the franchise after he left. I mean, this is this is going to be a fun matchup to watch. I don't think Keenan Allen played Desmond King last year. I think that was one of the uh, – I think out. he had COVID. He had out. Yeah, yeah he had. that's right. So I am looking so forward to seeing Desmond King get embarrassed. Got to make it happen, though, right? Uh, Jalen Petrie is another guy who likes to play in the mm-hmm. slot. I think that he probably played his best ball at Baylor in the slot. I know we covered Jalen Petrie. We're both very high on him. It's taken in the third round, I believe. So it's going to be Jalen Petrie and Desmond King from what I've seen on film, on tape. uh, It's going to be Desmond King playing in the slot. They don't want him outside. And they're not going to let, they're not going to let Derek Singley travel with the the best slot guy. He's going to play outside probably on Mike Williams. See, and that's what (laughs) makes me nervous. Like, this is what annoys me. Like, right now, we lo- – I mean, Josh Palmer has to come out and play. Right now, we lost Guyton. And the first thing we do – and, I, you know, I see this on Twitter. And I don't really like responding to it. but So, we go and get this dude from Philly's uh, – John Hightower. Yep, from their, from their practice squad. Yes, he's probably cheap. We can come in and play our speed guy, right? Why go get him if we we have guys on our practice squad – and if, we're gonna, if we really need a speed... Because we don't have a speed threat on our practice squad. To be honest, I'm really surprised they didn't give Will Fuller a call. Let's say, why don't we give one of those vets a try? You know, do we We don't need you for long-term, or we don't need you, you know, this isn't a five-year contract. Come have a good year. You have a good quarterback that's going to throw you the ball. Let's go get a speed guy, Will Fuller. I personally, I would love Odell. That's just a personal... I think he's great. I think he plays speed... Well, I think he's still injured. I think he is a ways from coming back. I mean, I the so, ACL too. thing happened in February. It's been February. I mean, I mean yeah. think of it like this. Uh, Hunter Henry in April tore his ACL and didn't return until the final two games of the season. In December. Yeah. So I, I don't think Odell's healthy right now. No, I mean, I love, the, I love Odell for the player that he is, but I think that you're, you're looking for a, a true speed threat. Will Fuller is a 4 three type of guy who is – had some of his best plays playing under uh, um, Deshaun Watson as kind of that speedy threat with Houston. So Will Fuller might be a guy there to, to take a look at. That's like, that's, why not though? But why are we going after these guys that aren't going to play? Like this guy isn't. Let me look at your face, man. This is so weird. <laughs> Staring <laughs> at your chest. Oh, well, uh... <laughs> uh, no, I, I, was, I was searching on my work well, and uh... on my, on my computer. I'll start just something I'll my bad. But um like why why are we going after this guy? He's not gonna play. He's not gonna make the squad. Why even waste a I think it's he's gonna be a guy that kind of does the same thing that, that Jalen Guyton was doing, playing, you know, two snaps a game and just being the deep threat to take you downfield. Uh and it's not even to throw him the ball, it's to make the coverage back up, right? You the speed threat is just not part of this offense, it's not part of Lombardi's. I mean, you go back to the Saints, how many legit speed threats do they have and how many times do they throw their way? It's all about taking the top off the defense so you can play the game underneath, which is Keenan Allen. And when you're taking the deep shots, you're going Mike Williams. You're going for the contested catch, right? Box so, him out and let him have. black happen. and white with that, though. But it's part no. of Lombardi's scheme. Lombardi's scheme focuses on spacing concepts and taking the shots when the defense comes up. That's the whole scheme really like a, a really it's more complicated than that but that's kind of the scheme right it's like let's space people out let's get them in between zones 
they're going to play man coverage. We're going to have Keenan Allen just embarrass them on that type of stuff. And if you look at the players on this offense, you look at Mike Williams and you look at Josh Palmer, they're possession catch type of guys. They're mm-hmm. uh, they're box you out and and overpower you to get, get those. Still in spacing concepts. And Mike Williams really excelled in it last year. Where one of the things that I, I have noticed that we don't do a whole lot of is we don't run a whole lot of drags, run and catch. There's no rack receiver on this offense. And the offense is not designed to have that type of thing. And the only player we have even similar to that is DeAndre Carter. Yeah. And he's 31 years old, not pushing that speed anymore. I mean, I still think that he's pushing enough speed. I don't think he's 31 either. I think he's a little younger than that. He's on his first contract away from his rookie. I think he's like 26 or 27. You know who's our best rack? Our Austin Eckler. Our best rack guy is not uh, unexistent this year. Zero tackle, zero touchdowns after scoring 20 last year. Uh, you have one of the best receivers who plays running back on your team. Uh, and how many catches does he have this year, Tyler? He's got um, catches. No, 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 no. He's got catches, but they how how much are they breaking? Like he's uh, Austin Eckler's got some catches. I'm gonna I'm gonna go find it for you right now. He's 29. He's, Sorry, DeAndre Carter's 29, not 30. Sorry. But Austin Eckler has been being used in the yeah. run game, but not he's not he's getting used in space. He's not well because yeah, because they're not they're not threatened anywhere else. So they're keeping people yeah. in the box. You go down there. And they just rallied to him. Let's yeah. see. Here's the thing. Four, nine, eight. Okay. So he's been getting, especially the last two weeks, nine and eight. That's a pretty good stat line. How many yards does he have? That's, that's the been the issue. And four thirty-six, nine fifty-five, eight forty-eight. So he's getting. They're just rallying to him because they. There's no one in in his. There's there's too many people in his zone when he gets the ball. Um. Here's the thing. If they're all been dump offs. So the screen they're games dumps. have not been working very well. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you look at how we used him in his second year and in his third year, we split him out wide a couple times. We took That's him deep a few times. That's let him run routes too. Like he's a good route runner. Like give him some designed RB. Go ahead, Gabby. My biggest question. So you said, you know, this is a part of Lombardi's scheme. The you know zones. It and- is, it's part of his scheme. But when's the last time Chargers have had a speedy receiver? True speed receiver. Can you tell me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you tell me? He, uh, <laughs> he took a putt back for a safety. <laughs> oh, yeah. Travis Benjamin. Okay. Travis Benz. I mean, true, like. Eddie Royal was a speedy receiver, too. But none of they were in our. He wasn't our. I mean, we. And we got them at the end of their careers, too. So, like, tailing off. We yeah, I would it. love to have a uh, a Jamison Williams, send James Jamison Williams. I think it's like yes, you're correct in the sense. <laughs> I've been drinking of, a little bit. My bad. <laughs> you're right in the sense of you know this is this is Lombardi's scheme, but like we gotta play a little, gotta play a little different. Gotta open. It we up just don't have team. the players to play different though. That's the thing. That, the the scheme was built around what we have on the roster. We have opportunities. We wanted to get them. We have opportunities now. We have an open roster spot. Receivers out. Let's go get a veteran that can run a 4-3. You run drags or run the slot, run something. I just don't think it's going to happen this year. I think it's one of those things where the scheme was built on the players on the roster. Well, then we're going to go next year. We're going to go draft a fast receiver in the sixth or seventh round, then cut him or put him on a practice squad. Well, that's the other issue, right, is how much are you paying to the wide receiver room? So, and then you're looking, and we can get way more in depth about next season's acquisitions 
way later when we're not on week four. But yeah, we got a season to play still. Yeah, we, we still got about? a season to play. We're and not, we're not going for after, Bryce Perkins. We're not going to go after any high name free agents right now. I think right now we're we're trying to band aid all the issues we're having right now by bringing in Derek Tolska from uh from Pittsburgh who just got kit. He just got cut from Tennessee. He has a little bit of familiarity in the scheme. Brandon Staley coached him with the Broncos. Um, well, actually, same scheme, different team. I don't think he was there with the Broncos. It, it doesn't matter. My point is, um, I just don't think that we are in the market for any high-profile free agents. Oh, no. not. But I'm not talking about a long-term deal, though, either. I'm just talking about, look, we're trying to piece our team together. Sometimes you got to go. Like, what about, you know, honestly, I'll throw it out to Sean Jackson. I'll take Deshaun. I'm good with Deshaun. I think Deshaun. Is a name? Look at, hold on. Look at how Deshaun left the Raiders, left for the Raiders. He left a Super Bowl team. Like, he could have a ring right now. Like, let's talk about that. I don't know if I want to bring him. He was with the Rams, and then he was through a fit because he wasn't being utilized the way he wanted to be. I don't want that type of player on my, be a team player. I think it would be more detrimental, right too, especially where you got a young roster, you got a young coach, you got a lot of young, introverted captains of this team, right? Uh, I just don't know that personality would mesh very well. We're getting off subject here. We're, let's finish off on this Texans. What do you think is the key? I'm going I'm to ask you, Zach. I'm going to ask you, Gabby. I'll give you some time to think about it, Gabby. What do you think is the key to winning this game? And give me your final score prediction. Um. I mean the the key the key to me is refining our identity, and I think you, you there's there's a lot of obviously the injuries hurt, but I don't know we 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 need to find ourselves, and I think that start that's step one. Um, to me, you gotta go back. Keenan's hurt. He he's moving his way back into the rotation. We we got to find a way to get Eckler more involved. And I know they're trying the dump offs is, is not where he thrives. I feel like we have a very, very good player that we are not utilizing to his full potential in Austin Eckler. Get that man moving. Watch in the preseason. Every time the running backs had a good drive, that offense te- capped it off with the score. Josh Kelly was rolling. Isaiah Spiller was doing real well in that preseason and the offense was scoring points after it. I, to me, it, the, the key is getting our running backs going I'm really not sold on Sonny Michelle. I thought Joshua Kelly had a fantastic offseason. I would love to see some more Kelly snaps. But to me, it, it, it's the running back room needs to get going, needs to get involved beyond just running the football. These guys are athletes. These guys are football players. You can do more than just hand up the ball. I want to see the running back room be a big emphasis on this game plan uh, because I, I don't think the Texans have a great defense. Um, but I think that is a big key to the Lombardi offense when you don't have that speed threat is some, uh, you know, just what is the word? Um, not being so just conservative. Not Well, you, you need another element to it. Right now it's just short passing. And so you need another element. To me, short passes to the running backs are a lot different than a short pass to a receiver just because of where they're oriented on the field. And so I want to see a big emphasis on getting our running backs going because I think that opens us up. If we don't have the deep shot, we don't have the deep shot, but at least get these guys close to the quarterback, the ball, 
uh, let them go make some plays because I think Austin Eckler has it in him. I think Joshua Kelly deserves some more snaps. I really want to see this running back room get it together this week because I think it just opens up everybody else, that entire offense. It alleviates the pressure off the offensive line. It alleviates the pressure from Justin Herbert to make fantastic contested throws. Um, and then it lets these receivers run some routes where it's going to open everything up. Get the running backs involved. That's my key. Gabby, what? Oh, wait, I need a final score projection. I, I, so the they have not scored more than 22 points this season. I'm holding them to 20. We're scoring. It's our big. It's the, it's our show out game. I got 34 to 20. Let me see it. I need it. I need it. Give it to me. All right, Gabby, give me the keys to the game. How do you beat the tight the Texans? I think it's going to come down to two things. Slayer at left tackle starting. If he comes out that first drive and plays well, I think the rest of the team is going to be like, look, they're going to take a deep breath. Like, okay. Cause Pipkins can hold his own. You know, he is Pipkins the greatest in the world. No. Has he gotten better from last year? I would say so. And I would say that if with what he's done and us trusting him, he's fine. So if Slayer comes in and just, you know, Sawyer, 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 sorry. I know. I want, I want Slater in there as well. No. Sawyer. Sawyer. He gets in there and just sets it. First pass that just go and block, just stay tight. I think the rest of the team's going to rally around him. Like, all right, we're good. Justin can throw. Eckler can run. Let's play football. Because the man's good at football. He, mm. you know, he didn't go to a bad school, played on a good team. And I think he's going to come out. I think he's going to come out. He's ready to go. And they hit a run block first. I think first play will be a run play. He's going to go downfield and just he's going to take his lineman all the way down. And I think right Love there, Eckler's going to get a five yard gain or something like that. Boom, we're running. Then on the other side, oh, what's up? No, no I'm just going to say, going. I think it's a big, that's a big thing right now we're missing is, is confidence in the other guy next to you. I feel like yeah, there's yeah, a lot of hurt. And it's like, it's, oh man, like, God, I got to play. I, I got to do double now. Like, you know, Absolutely. Filer's yeah. stats look like crap. Ever since Corey went down, Filer looked mm-hmm. like crap. He's not – Filer uh, has not played well uh, at all, he looked uh, especially decent. in the run game. He looked okay in the Raiders game, but then it's also because he has a lot of help from Corey. And I think when he went down, Filer's I like, think Filer Nichols played really, really well he did. because of Filer. Filer – I, whatever it is, I think part of it is is the injury definitely to Corey Lindsley. And I've watched some Will Clapp tape. There's just a, a, a misconnection. I, I don't think – I think some of it falls on Will Clapp not helping in the run game, especially because the Chargers like to run a lot of zone plays, running zone plays. Yeah. And I think that Clapp needs to help him a little bit on some things. But there have been players getting into the backfield – preventing the, our running back from picking up yards because Filer, and it's actually gone on to, to Zion a little bit. I think Zion's played actually better than Filer has to date. But I just think there is some miscommunication, and I don't think some of it is him. But I, I just don't think that the Chargers' run game confidence as an offensive line is there. No, and that's why I'm saying if he comes out, plays well, and, you know, Corey's back, hopefully, more than likely they said. Corey's back. He comes out, plays left tackle well. 
we get a big run player, a big pass play on the first play, I think everyone's going to say, all right, cool. And then on the other side, I think the biggest thing is going to be the defense, just hitting somebody in the mouth. We got hit in the mouth last year by the Texans. We got hit last week by the Jaguars. I want to see like a Derwin blitz off the edge, start the game, big sack, we're back. Because this team prides off its, off each other. They're a big bounce. If, if defense is, is quiet, offense is quiet. So I think if that defense, whoever comes out first and plays well, I think that game will take off. If they come out flat again, I think it's gonna it's gonna stick with them. They're gonna play like crap the rest of the game. Give me a score prediction. 31-14. Yeah, like that. That's kind of what we need. We, I think, we, I think we we're gonna that. come out strong. Here's my fear: we're gonna come out strong. We'll put twenty-one up, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna do what we do just a little better and put up you know ten more in the second half, but make sure they don't score. But I think we're going to come out hot. I really do. I'm super glad that you actually brought up Tremari Sellier because I wanted to talk about him. Sorry about that. So dog. do your dogs. Just just, just go with it. All right, so Tremari <laughs> Sellier has a show out these, this next year. Let's say he just takes over that left tackle position, and he's the guy for the next year. No. Let's just say it happens, right? I mean, how? But, I know you're okay. Okay, I know. I'm rocking, I mean, you. I'm rocking with you. For the rest of this year, he is our left tackle because Slater's out for the year. He's yeah. done. Uh, okay, okay, I'm with you now. You have a legitimate guy to go and take over at the right tackle next season. Yeah, you don't have to to wait on Storm Norton to try to develop. You don't have to see who's and he's in a uh, in a contract year. Uh, Trey Pipkins. You don't have to continue to experiment with that. He takes over as your right tackle. You are, you might have something there, and you've under. He's under contract for the next three seasons. That's something to really monitor and think about as this season progresses. Is how does he play at left tackle, knowing that he's got familiarity playing at tackle, playing at guard. You can move him around. A guy who shut out Aiden Hutchinson, like eliminated him from the game plan. Played really good against Alabama. Played really good against the some of the best. I mean, you look at Georgia's defense last year. He went into practice, practice. every day against those boys. Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd. Boy, who's, Devin the other, Lloyd. who's the other? Who's uh, the other? Not Devin Lloyd. The, the DN. Dean. I mean, you look at – just look at, like, if he was playing guard in practice, he was going up against uh, – uh, defensive tackle drafted six. Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis. Like, Jordan Davis. He played another against DN that was drafted in the in the first round too. Yeah, they are not uh, another linebacker, Channing Tindall. But who's on opposite side of trade? It doesn't matter. He played against some dogs as a bulldog. Every day. Every day. Every day. He, I think Alusha Lari was a a bulldog as well. Like I think he was this guy before, yeah. has been playing against the best defense in college football for at least three seasons. And I'm looking at, at multiple size. positions on the offensive line, and he's held his own. It's insane that he dropped to the sixth round. So I'm looking, if, I'm looking at his size, and he is not, like, that big. Like, he's a good size. But he looks, He's thick, like, though. If you look at him, he's not lanky. But he's six, but he four, is thick. Like, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. So if you can really – if he's already played against his competition, you can kind of refine some of the issues that made him drop, which is going to be some of his technique. He's not lanky. Rayshon Slater isn't lanky either, 
He's right? only 10 pounds heavier than Rayshon. He's heavier than Rayshon, but he doesn't have arm length, right? Which is what why he part of the reason why. And then the other thing is he's just technique-wise, he's just not very well refined, which is mm. why he dropped so far. If those things get fixed and developed this year, we have our right tackle for the future. And I don't think people are really thinking about that. Like that could be huge if he takes this on and just impresses the coaching staff. Worst case scenario, he takes over from Matt Filer, and Matt Filer becomes a cap casualty. That or like I would love to put if we can get Trey as our swing, bye bye storm. That's a great, I feel like a great position, especially with the position versatility of Matt Filer, of Jamari Sawyer. Um, court you, you, that gives you so much. You don't that that would give us so much. There depth is across so the much line, to look forward to with Jamari had. Sawyer playing offensive tackle for the rest of the year. And if he really looks good, he could be a starter at multiple positions on the offensive line for the next three years. There's so much to look forward to if that ends up happening and come to fruition. So I'm really excited to see Jamari Salyer play mm-hmm. offensive tackle, left tackle, blindside blocker for Justin Herbert. It's a big task to take on, and I'm ready to see. I want the Brendan James experiment. We'll talk about that on another podcast. I knew him. I knew <laughs> we'll talk about that on another podcast. Uh, the last thing it. I wanted to talk about, because we're running out of time, the last thing I wanted to talk about, get it out, Gabby. Just get it out. It's the only thing, like, look, if Fyler keeps playing bad and Jamari plays well, why not give it the experiment? It can't play much worse, can he? I mean, this guy was inactive for most of the season last year. It's got to be a practice thing. Like, you got to see it in practice. There's something we're not seeing there. The point where Jamari Salyer left him. Like, Jaimez has a whole year under his belt, and Salyer was the decision to go to left tackle. And Jaimez played tackle in college. So the coaching staff, if I trust my coaching staff, and I do 100%, I don't care what anyone says. I know people are to call him for heads on the chopping block. I'm trusting the coaching staff's decision. The last thing I'm going to talk about, my prediction. So the Texans have the absolute worst run defense. Love that. They have allowed through three games, 600 yards on the mm. ground. Wow. Mm. I, uh, wow. That is, that's something like, that's hard to do. Smells <laughs> like opportunity. Smells like opportunity to me as well. They have allowed 607 yards on the ground. They're averaging 5.6 yards per carry against opposing rushers. I think this is a great game to go and test out the run game and get it going. Build some momentum. Build something up there. You've got a rookie running back who has yet to see any carries this season. you got Austin Eckler who's been struggling. You've got an offensive line who needs to build some confidence. This is a great game to get your run game going. Figure it out. And if you're really able to get out to a big lead in a hurry, you can test that run game quite a bit. So that is something I'm looking forward to. To give you an idea of how bad this Texans run defense has been, 607 yards through three games. The next closest team is the Bears, 471. In three games, they've allowed 130 more carries or more rushing yards to opposing teams. Like, that's insane. Like, that's – what is going on there? Like – this is the game to get that on track. 
Aren't we the lowest rushing game right now? Do we have the worst rushing offense? I think with, no, I think statistically we have the worst rushing offense in the NFL. So this is the, the game most rushing. Well, then we have the Chargers have 177 rushing yards through three games. That is the worst. Next is the Dolphins at 192. So we have 32. So why not we're test both, it out? Yeah, we're both at 32 of something. This is the game of pride and effort. We got to come out, run the damn ball down their damn throats, and play football. As you said, you play, yell play, play football. Yeah. <laughs> as, you're saying, you, as you said, Zach, like we need to have football players come play football. We are the worst. They are the worst. So this, is, this is the time to test it out. Who's going to nut up and play Worst football? rushing offense, worst rushing defense. Figure it out. This is Someone's going to make one figure, figure it out. And that's a good – I mean, that, that leads – I don't know. That's a good, I think, good opportunity for us because what we were talking about the the biggest miss the biggest discrepancy of last game was time of possession. Running the football helps that significantly. So let's get that rolling. Come on, give me so four let's get the run game going, and it's going to open up so much for the offense if you're able to do it. Even next week, I don't know who we're playing next week. If they see us running the ball hard and well. They're gonna they're gonna have to game plan for it. It's too early in the season for any team to go and be like, oh, they're terrible through three games when the Chargers were playing from behind by 30 points last week, right? Like you get it together this week, it's gonna open up the rest of the offense, but they're running out of time. They have to make it make it soon because if they don't, it's gonna be a coming to issue for the rest of the season. And then you're looking at this offense, yeah. Rayshon Slater is going to be out. Corey Lindsley has been out. There's reasons why we've had issues in the run game. But how do you fix it next year with Filer, Zion Johnson, Corey Lindsley, and Rayshon Slater on the roster next year? You're probably going to run it back with those same four exact guys next season. How do you fix it? Because you're not going to replace those guys. Maybe Filer, maybe Pipkins. But that's not been the entire issue we got to get it figured out this week. We got to sh- we got to become a threat on the ground because I'm afraid how the rest of the season is going to go. I'd love Justin Herbert breaking passing records. I don't want him to do it because he has to. Mm. Yeah. The that, amount that, of times I've heard Justin Herbert is a glorified game manager since I've lived here. I hate him. I don't want to hear that. I, like, that's, that's not well, And it comes from – it comes from this, like our games where we win by three or lose by ten when we're winning by four. It we is it's true. As you're saying, I'm t- I don't want to see him win but these. Justin Herbert's out. made enough throw, like with the no, injury throwing that to DeAndre that. Carter right after, like that was. I fight it, but here's the thing: is He's like, uh, you know, you're saying that because I always bring up the stats, and they're like, okay, what about the wins? And I'm like, well. You're not wrong. Look at the rest of the I, roster. It's a team well, sport. Like, like, I hate that. I'm I, okay hate, I hate that as well. I'm okay with Herbert getting the records, as you're saying, Tyler, but like not for because he has to throw the ball because we can't run. We need to p- come out and run the damn ball. Let's put 500 yards of offense up every game. Was that was that cool with everybody? 40 points, 500 yards? Are we good sure. with that? I'm pretty sure. Zach, closing <laughs> remarks. Give me your closing remarks. Uh, It's very simple for me. Bring back my my fandom. Um, last week hurt. I watched all four quarters. I didn't want to. Let me be excited about Charger football again because it doesn't take much. <laughs> One big play. I'm back. Uh, I want to get excited for Charger football because I'm coming down October 17th to watch this Monday night football game. I want to be excited. I'm going to be there. 
win, lose, or tie. But give me something to be excited about. Chargers. That's the Broncos game, right? Mm-hmm. You're coming to another game, right? I'm going to go to the Chiefs game, the Sunday night Chiefs game later in November also. Wait. All right, I'll see you yep. around for that. Gabby. Yes, sir. Gabby, closing remarks. Give me your final thoughts. I just... I just, I just want to enjoy. I want to, I want them to find that spark they did last year when we went on that little run. So find that spark. Find that like I want to like. Oh yes, that first quarter, big Herb throw to to Mike Williams on the field, go down a score. Like if we open this week with a touchdown, I'm gonna be in Jamaica running on the. I'm watching this game on the sand in Jamaica. I'm gonna be running in a circle. Not about that. Throwing the bird up to everybody. Like we're back. I will know, like you'll know. I think as Chargers fans, the old Chargers, you know when they're gonna do something special, when they're gonna have a day. And I think if they gotta bring that back, so the Charger base and all these, you know, I don't want to say fake fans because it'll hurt people's feelings. But we'll take them. We'll take them. They call for the head of of Staley because he's had a rough start. You're gonna be fine. We're gonna win some football games. I'm excited. It's gonna be fun. I'm going to close out. I have no fear that Chargers are going to win this game. I I was afraid last week for the Jaguars, and I was right. I said the Chargers were going to lose that game, and I I called it. So I'm going to bring it back to some Padres baseball. I was at the game last night. Yes. uh, And what a a, a walk-off. Walk-off walk? Walk-off walk. I'll take it. That's that's definitely a win in my book. I will say, and i got to talk about it at least a little bit, I come out – I've got two beers and I've got four Puesto tacos and I'm walking to my seat and I sit down. Right. And first, first batter up was Trey Turner, right? Trey Turner hits a, uh, a foul ball. And this foul ball is coming right at me. And I've got a nice juicy taco in my hand and I'm sitting here and I'm biting into it and I see it coming up. And it's coming right at me. And I'm thinking, man, I just need to reach out and grab this thing. This is mine. But I've got these two beers. I've got $80 of food and drinks sitting on my lap. An investment. And all I had to do was reach my hand out, just stand up. That's all I I just needed a, a good two feet. And this ball is mine. But I've got $80 sitting on top of me. So I let it go. And this ball flies right into this woman's knee. She is sitting one one seat in front of me, one seat to the right of me. And it hits her in the knee. And this, her knee was about four times the size of a normal knee after it hit her knee. And then I got to sit through the next two innings with the medical staff sitting there tending to her ruptured tendons in her knee. I have no idea if that actually happened, but I will say I'm not mad that I did not get up to catch that ball because I would have lost $80 of food and drinks on me and that ball was not worth it. But I will say I do feel sorry for her knee because that thing looked so gross. It was purple and black and it was disgusting. And I felt so bad for her because she left after the third inning and she had to be carted Basically carted away. She they brought a wheelchair up to uh to the area and they put her on that wheelchair and they wheeled her out. But she had to get carried up the stairs. I got these seats for free from my manager. Super awesome if you're listening to this. Thank you so much for those tickets. 
But man, I could have had that ball in my hands. I was so close to it. If I would have reached my hand out, I was about a foot away. And it's just insane. So the Padres are this close to, to claiming that wild spark, wild card spot. <laughs> That's There's the point two you're more trying games to make. Left in the series. <laughs> Where does this go? I'm ecstatic. Let's freaking go. I'm so happy, but I hate, the only hate is when we play at home because it is two hours ahead here. They play their damn first pitch at 7.17. It went into the 10th inning, and it ended at like 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, so I'm in bed by 9 o'clock. Yeah, 1 a.m. That's a – You're not a true fan, though. (laughs) It's been nice. I'm laying in in bed like this watching the game. I want to go to bed, but we're winning. Thank you guys so much for listening. Give up late runs at the end and cost me my – We're bringing the energy. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for showing up the the bolt-up sign. Let me see it one more time, Gabby. Thank you so much for joining. We'll talk to you guys next week after we blow out the Texans over and out. Sheath underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture-wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. Now, the most unique thing about sheath underwear is that they have these dual pouches that keep your man parts separated, which prevents things from sticking together, keeps them right where they need to be. They'll be the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs you've ever won in your life. Plus, they have brand new materials like bamboo and mesh for even more cooling comfort. Go to sheathunderwear.com and get the most comfortable underwear you've ever worn. And if you use promo code IHEART, you'll also get 20% off your order. That's sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART.